0: Well, hello, Eastlake. It's me, Kristen, and I'm here with Peter Gadd. Hey, everybody. And we're here for kind of for us, the last time for us to record together, just you and me. So this is
1: it. <laughs> I'm excited to share. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. This is like, or, I mean, this is going to be part two, right? Because we talk with Michelle and then we're having this reflection and then we have a final reflection with Ryan. So,
0: yeah. Um, I think. I want to start out by saying to people who are listening this might be a little bit different in that I feel like we when we come to record we always are thinking about the the people listening and there's a purpose in serving people out there and this one I think it's just for us. <laughs> this is our yeah. journal entry. This is our reflections on East Lake and what we're taking with us and lessons we've learned and it's kind of like when I posted my summer montage of on instagram of pictures but that, that wasn't really for anyone else that's for me so i could go back and be like oh look look how cute my kids are and i forgot we did that
2: um, <laughs> and then i
0: feel like this message is kind of this is just for us to reflect and um i hope maybe some people get some things out of it but in the end this one's for me and you
1: yeah <laughs> i think it's good i think Part of it too is just an exercise. Like we've been, I've been on the team since 2011. I think you were around there, 2010, yeah, nine. Like we've been on this similar 12-year journey. Um It's a decade, and there's a lot of things that you've gone through. And you, mm-hmm. that sometimes it's easy just to have the recency bias of like nostalgic years. I think it's good to like. It was helpful for me to kind of just reflect on like overall, what are some of the themes? So I'm excited yeah. that we get to discuss it a little bit. Hopefully, they'll some of those themes will resonate with others. I think it'll be a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, And I think we're not quite sure. We both have some lessons we want to share, like major, I think, learnings that we're taking with us. And we may go back and forth. We might just let each other talk. We'll see how it goes.
1: (laughs) Provide major pushback to me. Please do. (laughs) You did not. strongly disagree with that.
0: You did not (laughs) learn that. (laughs) I was there. I know you did it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. You want to start? Why don't you start one of your lessons that you're taking with with you?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. I was thinking like, do I start with small and then kind of build up to the big one? Or do I start with the big one, uh, like the biggest takeaway? And I, I'm going to start with the biggest takeaway. I think okay. the biggest thing that I'm taking away from Eastlake was that being on this team and in this ecosystem, Community of like the organization, whatever, employed by like all these different things that contributed to the last decade or so of my life. The biggest thing that it taught me was it taught me to see my worldview. That's kind of how I'm, how I'm summarizing it. Like it taught me that I'm where I, I you just metaphor before, but I'm wearing these lenses through which I'm viewing reality. Yeah. And that isn't everybody else's reality, that is my reality. <laughs> and um, coming to East Lake, I, I remember. I mean, I was twenty-seven year old, right, and I was just on the beginning journey of like asking questions, and I feel like kind of becoming a critical thinker, which is crazy to me because I'd gone to school, I'd gotten a master's degree, but I'm like, <laughs> I am starting to learn how to think critically. At, at you got East a master's
0: degree in what you already knew
1: and thought? <laughs> yeah, basically, like it helped reinforce all of my biases. Uh, but I was thinking about like the the journey of East um, like I came to East Lake and I really didn't have any questions about my religion. I came to East Lake as this cool career move, um, which is very funny now, but it was like it felt like an opportunity to join this growing church and to be a part of like a church that's like kind of like cutting edge of like growth and all that stuff that I was really interested in. And um I, I recognize at this like now after years of kind of thinking about it, that I I didn't really have any of my own questions about the like my religion or or even god right like i i had all the answers i was kind <laughs> of trained up and here's like what the bible says about reality here's what the bible says about god this is all true you can trust it and i'd never really personally experienced doubt i'd never really personally experienced any questions about what i was raised with that doesn't mean that i hadn't heard them before like i'd heard of doubters <laughs> I'd <laughs> heard of people they who might have a question about God and I was told the answer to those questions. And I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. There's an answer for all of them. And it looks, it sounds really silly now because like people have been debating God for millennia. and yet <laughs> I was like, Yeah, 27. I, got, I got all the answers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm 27, got all the answers. Um, so anyways, what it kind of did was it humanized people with questions Right. Mm-hmm. I had to be around staff. I was obviously around Ryan and I was like hearing these questions. And I think about how many books we were assigned.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like ESEC forced me to learn. It forced me to read. It forced me to like read positions on things that I might not hold. Yeah. Like that was from day one. That's but I'm not talking before inclusion, just at the very beginning, right? Like, it's like, read this book on this, read this book on this way to do church, read this book. On, like I had to read so much. I've never been a part of it. I'm still not in an organization that makes me read as much as I have to read it easily. So much reading, <laughs> book so assignments. So much reading, yeah. Yeah, book reports. Mm-hmm. Um, But it essentially kind of like, rec- I pushed the boundaries a little bit. Even thinking about how many speakers were brought in, right? Like mm-hmm. bringing in speakers that are like asking questions that I'm just kind of soaking in this water of like learning how to think more critically about what I believe, and do I believe that, and why do I believe that?
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's the biggest piece that it taught me to see that, like, all of my, most of my beliefs were ones that I had simply inherited. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done any work to, like, critique or think of my own personal beliefs. I kind of just was given these beliefs that I, into my operating system, and those are ones that I accepted, and he's like, showed me that. It kind of showed me that, you don't you haven't really thought about these beliefs at all. You haven't questioned them once in your whole life. You and, and ultimately this kind of showed some of my privilege too. Like Christianity worked for me, right? Yeah. Like being a straight white male, being somebody without challenges when it comes like a lot of challenges. I had a lot of privilege, and it, it kind of showed up for me I'm like, ooh, th- this is like, does my belief work for me or does it work for everybody? Like who who does this kind of worldview not work for? And it kind of showed some of that piece those pieces too. Um I was not thinking about I ultimately kind of got to inclusion. I'm going to keep it and then I'll pause. But um, even before inclusion, which is what, 2015, right? Like we were on this journey of I had to learn a ton and I was starting to like learn to think a little bit more critically. And when inclusion happened, the journey towards inclusion, I will be the first to admit I was not charging the mountain that we need to go open and affirming. Um, I was also not on the spot where I was resigning, which other people were doing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, you can't go down this path. So I was suddenly open to it and have it, having to like listen to other staff members who are more pro-inclusion mm-hmm. than I was. And uh, I was kind of reflecting on that experience that kind of just kind of forced me to like think through my position, research, read these different books. I had to attend these different inclusive churches. I had to listen to various kind of debates talks and talks on the topic. And then obviously when we like landed on, we're gonna be open, like affirming as a, as a church, I kind of I just kind of had to come to the conclusion that, ooh, most of my beliefs, like that's kind of the first one that I realized that I'm now gonna go against a belief that I had installed into mm-hmm. my like like software, right? Like I'm now gonna <laughs> like delete some beliefs out of my um, hard drive. And I just think that experience is one that I'm you know, like eternally grateful for because that like it's really scary the first time you do it. And mm-hmm. I feel way more capable now to update my positions because I had, I was kind of in the ecosystem where you were safe to do so. So that's Mm -hmm. me rambling for a little bit, but that's the biggest one. I like got to see my worldview.
2: Yeah.
0: Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting to note, like everybody has inherited beliefs. That's what that's what being a child is you're learning from around your environment and you just take it in. It's not like, um, you know, but I do think it's the responsible way to live, to acknowledge that. Yeah. And say, Oh, why was this handed to me? How Mm -hmm. was it handed to me? And do I still, does this still ring true? Right. And it takes courage to do that. And it also takes recognition that that's what happens.
1: Yeah. There there are a couple of things that kind of stood out to me as like one, like ideas that I want to take away from that. Mm-hmm. Like seeing your worldview is one thing, but I feel like there's like even some more kind of granular practical things. Cause I, I realized one, like part of that was I had a really tight knit like connection between my beliefs and my identity mm-hmm. and Eastlake kind of, Disjointed those a little bit where now it's mm. like, ooh, I'm viewing belief as something that I can update, change, as opposed to this is core to who I am. And I think that mm. is really a scary feeling, right? Especially if you grew up really Christian and you're part of the in group. When that like, beliefs become disjointed from your identity, you're like, who am I anymore? Like, is there any, like, I remember asking questions during deconstruction, like, what's my purpose in life now? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't have any purpose without this religion, which is obviously a very uh, uncomfortable feeling but to now be in the spot where i um can feel like my identity is separate from like how like what i believe about god faith spirituality reality and i can be open to kind of testing those right even going mm-hmm. some of the adam grant stuff where like i can like t- think i can test my beliefs more like a scientist as opposed to needing to like be loyal to them because i was given them and i know that they're intrinsically true that experience has create a lot of freedom for me that mm-hmm. my identity is less it feels a little bit more secure because like the world's changing a lot it's changed a lot in the last couple hundred years um <laughs> and you aren't open to updating your belief it can be really hard to live in this time um you said something that triggered a thought like joel my nine-year-old said the other day he was at school we were watching the seahawks game
0: oh my gosh joel said, is nine
1: <laughs> nine nine and a half in a couple of weeks it's crazy um but he was sharing with me the other day. He's like, "Dad, it's so weird. We're watching the games. Like just can you believe it? There's a kid at school and he's a huge Steelers fan. Like, why can you, can you even imagine that there's like a, a kid at my school who loves the Steelers? And we were having a little discussion on it. And I said, why do you think he's a Steelers fan? And we were kind of going back and forth and I was trying to lead him. And I'm like, why do you think he's a Steelers fan? Like, Probably oh, because your dad's a theater fan. I'm like, why are you a Seahawks fan? Because <laughs> your dad's a Seahawks fan, right? <laughs> so like, again, we a lot of those things that like you just kind of, you're, you're raised with it, you're nostalgic towards it for, for the most part. If it was semi-positive, you're open to it, right? Obviously, there's beliefs that we reject because they were super negative and harmful. But if it wasn't super negative and harmful and Christianity wasn't for me, it feels like it works pretty well, right? So to kind of recognize, though, like that's kind of what he like taught me is like, ooh, those are just inherited beliefs i haven't really thought through questions or like considered different positions on it was a really really helpful one i feel like going through these like journey noticing my worldview um uh, it just helped me notice how often i didn't consider other people's perspective and i think one of the big conclusions that i've kind of arrived at now that i do hold or hold uh, loosely but it kind of helps create a sense of like stability for me is that i think reality is best found in in community and what i mean by that is like we're all really biased people i'm biased because i've had my upbringing my worldview, all these things that i've experienced you have your experiences and if we both assume that we're living in the same reality i think meaning not just i have my perspective i don't think most people think that way we think my beliefs are who i am my thoughts are who i am and my perspective is reality that's kind of how i came to east lake and i was kind of jolted out of that to recognize oh i have my own biases and my own perspective and what i mean by reality forming so community i mean like my best chance at living with the least amount of delusion and <laughs> removing as much bias as possible is to thoughtfully consider your position to thoughtfully consider eight other people's positions who have different backgrounds different religions different upbringings different orientations different beliefs and I can kind of mosh pit those together into realizing like th- the conglomeration of those is probably the closest thing to reality that I can arrive at. So, anyways, that was a crazy thing to start to like learn because we like,
0: Yeah.
1: Do you disagree um, with
0: that? I don't <laughs> disagree with that. I'm thinking about one of the points that I have and I might just yeah. say it now because it's similar. Let me get my notes. Um I think one of the one of the things that I learned similarly is, and you said like the experience of reality. Um, I also think of that an experience of truth or just experience um is not objective. The truth mm-hmm. of something is always relative to one's experience of it. This, and I don't know if that's kind of the similar thing of what you were saying.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, this lesson. Was life changing for me where I thought that we all experienced the same circumstances, or like you and I go to a meeting, and my thought is we experience the same thing because it's what happened. Yep, and I learned through so many like things at Eastlake that there's just a perspective from each person on what actually has happened
2: mm-hmm.
0: this i mean and i i i shared this a little vulnerably because i think some people are like uh yeah
1: <laughs> i know some of my reflections are embarrassing i know <laughs> it took me 30 years to learn that
0: yes but i'm like this shaped me immensely um i think about my marriage where like andy and i can experience something and I used to think that one thing that we experienced was non-negotiably the way that I saw it. Right. And if he experienced it differently, then that was incorrect.
1: Correct.
0: And I had to show him like, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I think about that in all of life's circumstance. Um, I have a perspective now of like curiosity for how others may be experiencing the same thing as me
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how different that might be. And that is life, that has been life-changing for me because I thought there was only one way to cease an experience. And I'm not talking about like necessary beliefs. I'm talking about, you know, we had so many things on, like I think about a staff meeting where like I experienced it like this, so that's what happened. And the reality is someone else sitting there probably experienced it differently and it happened then differently for them. Yeah. And being able to see life that way and recognize that my experience is not
1: the objective reality.
0: is not objective reality. I
1: know. That is jolting though. The first time you like doubt, I do think that is grounded. Like the idea that our worldview, our religion holds objective reality, was like infused into at least how I was raised. I and the kids came home the other day and they were they were singing one well, Marshall. I can't remember. Marshall or Joel was singing an empathy rap, and he was like, like you're just like Emp- and empathy and joy, sadness, like going through all these different feelings. Like and Marshall's like explaining what empathy is to me. is like seven. I'm like. I don't think i understood what empathy was until i like was 30 i don't think i could have given a good definition maybe i could have like just like like the verbal definition of it but i was thinking like ultimately how can you empathize if with another person's experience if you hold objective reality Mm -hmm. in your right like you're just going to judge them and say they're idiots or they're wrong and that's a lot of how i was raised right is like if you don't think like me Mm -hmm. you're either not very smart which is, which is a family uh, problem, by the way, um, like the little arrogant thing, or you're like, you're just mistaken. You know, like you can't be, you can't help it. Like you were raised ignorant. Um, not like to empathize would be like, there's a chance that their experience is a hundred percent true. Like yeah. to start with that as like the generous default is what empathy is, right? Yeah. Um, well, Imagine what that feels like to go through that. And I don't think I was able to learn that until you kind of disjoint like the idea that your personal experience is reality. Like yeah. until you get out of that mode, it's hard to empathize.
0: Um, Please, can you record that empathy rap and send it to me? <laughs>
1: seriously, <laughs> seriously. I was very impressed. I'm like, that's one. You just listed up like 12 feelings. That's really cool. And like just fun. Yeah, know. Uh, no, serious. You I know. I'm teaching that want... in public school.
0: Please send me you a don't. video of Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, kind of tied to this is i think yeah you go you go another my, one go. <laughs> one of my biggest lessons um that i'm taking away is just my relationship with certainty mm. um so life is by its very nature mysterious and chaotic i have discovered <laughs> we our souls living in these human bodies and it's chaotic. I have also learned about myself. I don't like mystery and chaos. So I have learned through my, just this experience of a different way of living, which is embracing, uncertainty so learning about how to deal with the fact that life is mysterious and chaotic I don't like mystery and chaos
2: <laughs>
0: probably, my life. <laughs> probably the greatest lesson of life that I will learn that Eastlake helped me deal with but I would say religion capitalizes on the desire for certainty yeah. um I'm not sure everybody has that, but I think we do as a human species. We want to know what's happening. We need to deal. No one likes feeling that way. So I think religion is like, oh, you're feeling uncertain. Here is the answer to all of life's questions. Here's the answer to eternity. Here is all these answers, which is very grounding. In the middle
2: of (laughs) chaos. Yeah, totally.
0: Um. I have this memory of I hired one of my best friends still to this day, Alicia. Um, I hired her at one point to work at Eastlake. And I I remember in the interview process, um, she had said change is hard for her. And I was like, You realize you're applying to work at Eastlake. Tell me how that's going to work. And she said, If it is consistent, that Eastlake is always changing, then I can deal with that. And mm. I was like, oh, that's such a remarkable way of looking at it. And so I'm what like- I have found is that if I can be certain that life is full of uncertainty,
2: <laughs> right,
0: I can manage that better. And I've found that um, life is uncertain. And yeah. I can be certain of that. <laughs> but yeah. for someone like me, religion um, worked for the first part of my life. Those answers worked and gave me groundedness that I needed um, until it started to not work. And still I started mm-hmm. to have experiences that didn't match up with what I professed to believe. And I think it's like, broke me of this, like, you know, I'm right. This is the only way I have the answers into a place of living more open handed. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: that has been like a radical transformation where I can hold certain beliefs and I can question them and I can look at them. I can let certain ones go um, and not have it. You know, rock me. And then I think also because of that, then certain ones can come back. Like I can be like, I'm just very much, if I'm not holding so tightly to something that needs to be right, if I'm more relaxed and holding my hands open, I just have this freedom to look and I can question. And there's safety in that, which is so interesting to me this ability to acknowledge like well I could be wrong I still have things to learn these are things that I'm like aspiring to be still yeah um it's always like a work in progress but that's been one of the most radical shifts for me is relaxing into this I really don't think anything can be known for sure but I can find groundedness in, in these things, whatever those things are, it's a much more relaxing way to live. It's way less fearful. It was so interesting before, like I had certainty, but I was still so scared of getting it wrong or, and now I have uncertainty and I feel more peace.
1: More peace. Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird. It is interesting. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, the loss of certainty and maybe it's not even loss of certainty because maybe it's the loss of the illusion of certainty. Right. Cause it's not yeah. like, um, I don't know. It's fascinating. Right. Cause you either have to kind of bury your head in the sand to sleep peacefully. Right. Which at some point you, how you lose like, I i lost it right like i the questions i heard enough questions i was like actually these questions aren't just his anymore i kind of have my own questions now right' um, you're like uh, you're like that guy's got questions man he's got doubts and then you're like well, actually he makes some reasonable points we have doubts now right um which is why they call it a slippery slope but it's it's fascinating the um the bit of, about sleeping more peacefully or at least having a bit more peace like i think it that feels a little bit more in alignment with with reality right so the idea that Admitting that there's certainty probably feels a little bit more. Excuse me. Admitting that there's uncertainty that that that, that is chaotic and mysterious, um, and like having space for that probably feels just a little more intellectually honest, which then allows you to like kind of. Okay, so if things are uncertain and chaotic, how do I manage that? And so expecting the uncertainty is a is a, is a part of that. I just think it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I find it too. It's really helpful with parenting. I just feel really fine with being like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, hmm, I don't know what I think about that. I used to think this and now I maybe, you know, I maybe feel like I think that. What does that sound like to you, eight-year-old?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally.
0: Rather than being like, well, this is what happens when you die. You know, I just, yeah. or whatever the question is. Yeah. Um, I feel so much more safe being like, hmm, it's a great question. Here's what I think right now.
2: Yeah.
0: And that could change. Um,
2: yeah.
0: It's an easier, it feels easier to me now, which is remarkable because that's yeah. not my personality. That's right. not the way I um used to exist in the world. Yeah. And that feels like a radical change. Yeah.
1: Something that you triggered um that, or in a positive way, not, not like an emotional <laughs> it trigger. <tricked> <laughs> something that you reminded me though is I do feel like East Play kind of required or uh, initiated this change that allows like the default response to be a question. So, like when there's a when there's new information, I think the previous response would have been some resistance, some rejection. Um an answer like when somebody asks you what you believe you respond with like here's my answer I always have an answer right it was kind of the, the verse that we were taught I always have an answer to explain what you believe and the default now is to ask a question um like like how did you arrive at your position or what is informing your position or give me some background on that even i was just thinking about with kids right you mentioned with kids like when the kids come home or one of them says like hey you know he said the s word what is the s-word right because i learned really early that the s-word isn't what i thought the s-word was <laughs> right the s-word like was stupid and i'm being very very presumptive of what the s-word was um but like you have to ask the questions to like actually get to reality so anyway, i just think that that's a better posture to have towards new information which is constant it is yeah. let me ask a couple of clarifying questions before i respond yeah good okay what's another one but i only have like three minor are like big and i know meander long. a bunch of them so i, I think you have i have, you more. Probably have more shorter um,
0: ones. <laughs> <laughs> i would say um the probably one of the biggest things i'm taking from this experience is that nothing is more important than the people you choose to do life with um I think so much, like we can laugh about these like radical shifts that we've had. It was so scary. Those changes were so scary. And I don't, I could have never done it if I didn't feel safe with the people who were standing right next to me. Um, And in our conversation with Michelle, I talked about that, like out of, are we out of the woods yet song, from Taylor Swift, um, who I love and should work into every conversation we talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah, Thank
1: you. Um, thank you. I'm the same with Travis Kelsey.
0: <laughs> I should have worn my shirt. I have a shirt that says karma is my is my tight end. Um oh, yeah. uh okay, sorry, I got distracted. Um I think about that time, in particular the after inclusion, how dark that was. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately after and I picture us in these dark woods where we can't see anything and it's the group of us and it was so scary while everything was like kind of crumbling down around us and how I said to Michelle in our conversation like now I look back and I would be like let's go back to the woods Um, and it's because of the people that we were with now I'm like, I'll bring the marshmallows and <laughs> we'll build a fire. Yeah. If I could just have those moments if, in the darkness with the people who I love the most, um, I would do it again. And I just, I, but even more than that, like I look at the amazing people I met along the way, people who attended Eastlake and gave, sacrificed gave so yeah. much, showed up, worked in the childcare rooms, took care of my kids. Um, there was this life that was flowing through whatever this place was, and people cared so much. Um, and I'm, I, It's an experience I will never forget, and I don't know that I'll have it again. Yeah. I hope to. I think we said this yeah, in so. other conversations. um I think about the Drinks for Drinks, that charity water event that we did. And
1: you like own that, right? Like you yeah. had all the details. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I ran that event. But I think about like all, it was like this example of like everybody giving their best. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, Griffin Campbell was making water filters in his backyard and Jonah was right. building that stage. And I asked my friend, Jen, can you please manage how to check in 3000 people? No problem. Um, I like Sarah, we're going to have this many donations. We're trying to raise this much money. Can you figure out how to do that? No problem. I mean, problems, but I'll yeah. take care of those problems. Like, like I'm on it. this, like linking arms with, amazing people is an experience i'll never forget
1: yeah that's on my list too i was i was reflecting like being on the team in an environment where it didn't feel like anyone was checked out
2: mm-hmm. like it
1: didn't like that's hard and I, I have like it's like you it's hard like there's there's very i can't remember a time uh, at least it wasn't consistent where it was like that's not my job like, there, it wasn't, like, that's somebody else's role. Like, it was a very very much an all-hands-on-deck kind of culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was also a culture of, like, it wasn't, like, hey, it's 5 o'clock. Like, I'm, I'm out. And I'm not saying that in, like, a every, like, a, the only good environment you could ever work in. It's, like, there's there's healthy environments where you can check out and you can clock out. But, like, the momentum and, like, the vibe of, like, we are in this together. um, We're together in this um is yeah. was really beautiful and it was energizing and it was exciting and it was something that i'll miss
0: um i think in relation to that in the people area i think Eastlake also taught me how to find my people mm. and i think as east lake is shutting down my my hope is that other people learn that too yeah like um do you know how to find people to do life with? And we showed people, I mean, we, had at one point, there was like 270 groups. You could do like, nothing crazy like that in a heyday. But like the importance of finding people who have similar values, who want to do the same things as you, who want to raise kids like you, like he's like taught me how to find people, um, who also will challenge me and push back on me, like all the things that I need, I feel like for a healthy community, I found and I learned how to do at Eastlake. And I, I was laughing because I'm like, even the people who ended up being super mad at us, yeah. they found community too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Certainly>. you're welcome.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs>
1: we, we managed you together, all we- of your like-minded friends.
0: Yes, you were able to band together and find a common purpose and passion and good for you. I hope you're still friends with those people and have found, you know, continue to go on with that passion and purpose that you feel. Um, yeah, I just, I guess to anyone who is listening, I hope that you've learned the importance of community and mm-hmm. how much you need it, and that you find it, because I'm so thankful I found mine.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to miss that part. You like facilitated some really easy connection points, um, and it was all kind of, it was also a, kind of a, an environment where it was common to be able to talk about your values, and like mm-hmm. now we're in, like, I'm a kid's sports zone, and I'm in, like, elementary school window, I'm, like, in those environments, you're not like, you know, how do you see the world? Right. Like, you, you don't ask those questions. You're like, hey, we have similar seasons because our kids are the same age. So now you kind of chit chat about mostly family and such. But I think being in a, an environment where kind of the point of being around Eastlake was to kind of look at your worldview and to consider your values and to live meaningfully and um, be challenged with a talk and like you can chit chat about this talk that like mm-hmm. is about your values and about God and faith and spirituality and reality like it facilitates pretty deep connections um and i i do feel like there's a gap in some ways because i don't mm-hmm. i don't have that to the same degree um but i'm glad that we had it cuz i think we can it's easier to like kind of go find it again once you've experienced it
0: it's easy to easier to recognize yeah oh there it is yeah there's that feeling of when i found myself in the midst of people
1: yeah um
0: who I really love and care about, and who love and care about me. That's like an incredible feeling.
2: Um,
0: yeah, and I want that. I want that for people.
1: Yeah, it's good. Okay, want me to go with one of mine? Yeah. Okay, second one that was coming to my brain, and I think obviously this again speaks to my bias, but I love the topic of leadership. um <laughs> I find it to be interesting in general. I studied it right at Gonzaga and. Um, want to be a good leader i i want as much as i want to be a good leader i want to be led by good leaders even more <laughs> because <laughs> being around good leaders is awesome and if you've ever been led by a bad leader you um, know how important good leadership is and as i look back on the last decade i am just thankful for the leadership incubator that he's like was like i have learned so much and i went through this little phase of annoyance when i was shifting out of church world i'm like good god like i have a degree from Hogwarts. Like I don't have like any experience that's gonna translate to corporate world. Like how am I ever going to like make the shift? And so I went through this like resentment window where I'm like, dang it, like the church world isn't gonna translate. Um and it was hard to make the shift. But now that I've been able to kind of shift life and detach my career from my um thoughts about this mysterious chaotic universe and gone faith spirituality. And I don't no longer need to uh build my career around that.
2: Um,
1: I am so grateful for what I've learned. Um, and I, I would say this about being in, in a church in general, but Eastlake, especially, I think all of my church experience was translated, um, because you just kind of got to, you have to be a leader. Um, it takes a lot of work and it's challenging to get volunteers, it's challenging to lead. I mean, I had to lead team meetings. I had to do one-on-ones coaching conversations, hire people, fire people, Um, Did would not say that it all goes well, um, (laughs) but the learning experience was really, really like foundational. I'm thinking even through some of like just the principles that I still use in my current job, right? Yes, language was something we had to learn at least like, right? The difference between a sign that says go around versus can't wait to see you next door, right? Like the difference in like how you position things.
0: I Um, use that with my kids all the time. I'm like, yes, language, like instead of being like, no
2: <laughs> right
0: but like exactly. we could do that later
2: yes exactly could there's do lots ways you know there's uh-huh. so
0: many ways to be positive and i notice it in company now i notice it in companies signage yeah. and language and all of those things i'm like oh, i don't know no way there's a negative it. way to say it's it right? cash say only
1: that. yeah cash only right that's <laughs> <laughs> like all the different things we're going to charge you a three percent fee I'm like there's a nicer way to say that anyways but he's yeah. like taught me that Eat the frog is still like the oh. idea, right? Broccoli before ice cream. Uh, the whole eat idea. the frog.
0: That is also something I learned now for people who don't know what eat the frog is. Let's explain it because it is one of yeah. life's big lessons I that I take. <laughs> like Eat the frog. I taught it to Andy recently. So <laughs> eat the frog is the idea. Like if you, if someone tells you, you have to eat this frog, what do you do? And... kind of the idea is you could sit and stare at the frog and be like, I don't want to eat it. Ooh, I bet it's going to be slimy. Maybe there's different ways I could eat it. I wonder if I should do that, but I'll just, I'm going to wait an hour and see if I feel better about it. But the reality is you're going to have to eat the frog. So just eat the frog and be done with it and move on. Right. That's my recollection of eat the frog. Is that your recollection?
1: for sure the way i see it is i kind of view it just from a productivity standpoint too like mm-hmm. you can waste an entire day yeah. like thinking about and brainstorming how to do the hardest part of your day but like one of the productivity principles of you think is like do the hardest thing on your list before 10 a.m yeah, right? whatever the, is the hardest part of your day get that done eat the frog before 10 a.m and then like suddenly your brain is freed up yeah. to do all these other things so if you have a tough conflict conversation you have to have if you've been meaning to respond to this stupid email and you know you need to type it out and I think whatever the hardest part of your day is, get that done before you know lunch. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, a pr- principle that I still talk to my people about. I still help mm-hmm. them get through that because we can, we're all the same. Um, I believe the best is so huge, right? Whenever there's a gap between expectations and experience, we decide what to fill the gap with, right? Kristen, I call you. You don't answer six times in a row. I can be like so mad she's ignoring me again she's doing xyz right all these reasons why you're the problem or i could like come up with a generous explanation of what's going on and what we do with the gaps there's constant gaps in our relationships and like thinking about marriage parenting work my boss my my employee there's constant gaps and how we fill the gap with either trust building the, believing the best or suspicion is the like it erodes downward or build upward so anyway Love that principle, love very, me. very helpful. Anyway, so many leadership principles, mm-hmm. um, systems, right? Um, we had to, like, just so many conflict conversations that I had to have, right? Like keyboard mm-hmm. courage was this principle that we had so much, like we would get so many emails. This is before inclusion. We got so many mean emails about like, there's not enough Bibles and whatever, or there's, you know, you don't do communion enough or like the sacrilegious, right? Somebody swore on stage, um, right? Like whatever email we would get and like to have to then like the coaching that we got to how to navigate those conversations Mm -hmm. um, and to like, just to learn how to like deescalate. And obviously there's plenty of examples of (laughs) escalating those that didn't go well. Um, But I'm just thankful for that experience because it's like, it's really important for how we navigate conflict now, uh, whether in a personal life or my professional life, Uh, (laughs) speaking publicly, leading meetings, performance management, managing, crafting emails Mm -hmm. uh, to try to communicate a point. I think all of that is just really, really important experience that now that i have the the benefit of retrospect i have come to gratitude for um but just so many leadership principles in general that i think are infused in me. one of them being like take 100 responsibility for your life right the idea that like if there's a baby that, that winds up on your doorstep now it's not your fault but suddenly it is your responsibility right like what are you going to do with the baby on your doorstep that's an example of a principle i recounted this week to somebody in our org and Like, that wasn't like I wouldn't have ever been exposed to that unless I'd been working at Eastlake. So, um, tons and tons of gratitude for all the leadership principles that Eastlake um, introduced me to. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, and I'm happy to see that they just, it wasn't for Eastlake, it's just leadership in general, how to, um, lead through your life in ways that are positive and, and beneficial and helpful to other people yeah not just how to get your way
1: yeah yeah Mm. okay what else is on your list i only got one more for this but it's really long
0: oh okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) not really long it's just like you know like all my other long-winded ones Mm.
0: um this is like one that everybody knows but i just want to state publicly that i learned it Yeah um cliches are cliches for a reason and I think I solidly affirm this as being true that the hardest times lead to the greatest lessons in progress
2: yeah um
0: you know these cliches formed in the fire the crucible of life um I discovered that to be true <laughs> yeah <laughs> almost all of the positives Lessons I have learned came from the hardest things that we went through. And there were lots of hard times because of decisions we made, because of mistakes that we made. Um, but regardless, we found ourselves in hard places. Um, and I think you find yourself in these dark places and it's so vulnerable. You're so just i just picture us just sitting there looking up like what did we just do (laughs) um but in that vulnerability is where you know where you grow if i were to say like it's where god meets you um that place where everything has been torn down and you're in a dark moment and then you get up and you move forward and you keep going and you grow and you've learned something again it's very cliche but i can just say that you solidified that for me as something that i have learned and i look at it and i'm like oh you know what that is it's hope And I think I'm just figuring this out now as I talk to you that hope meant something different to me when I came to Eastlake. And um, I, think I did a message on this that I have like a weird relationship with that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if I can remember all that we went through And I still, and I find myself where I am now. It's very hopeful. And I guess I want to remember that Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it's not the last time I'm going to find myself in like a dark place, looking looking around, wondering what did I just do um, or what just happened. And if I can remember, I've been here before. and i don't want to i'm i don't want to be the person that is like oh there's always something positive that comes from every situation i don't i don't think that um but i have learned and i have grown from probably every every situation that i've been in that i would recall as being like a negative or a darker kind of memory and so i'm really grateful for the idea a refined idea of what hope can look like
2: yeah it's beautiful
1: (laughs) i agree with i don't think it's cliche i don't know maybe it's just part of getting older and that you have to experience more hardship um to know to kind of to start to be grateful for it um like you have to like you have to have enough distance behind it too right because anybody who's in the midst of hardship doesn't want to hear, Hey, eventually you're going to love it. Right. You're going to um, learn a
0: lesson. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I think it can be a lot of damage done there. Right. Like yes. you should consider it you know, pure joy. Uh, it can feel like a, like a, a bit of a, a trope mm-hmm. uh, minimization. Right. Um, but I'm with you in that now having experienced what I've experienced and, and with the passage of time and some hopefully some mature maturation and um, you can just be more hopeful when you're in the midst of it, of current challenges that eventually there will be, um, some more gratitude for it and more perspective on it, you know? Yeah.
2: Um,
0: I have two more, so I'll do one. Um, this one I was thinking about more recently, just that in the end I am responsible for my own growth. Mm. Um, Institutions like church can help, and I deeply, deeply hope that we have been helpful, but our faith and our spirituality is our own, and it's up to us, and we're in this unusual time where there's great, huge shifts happening within the institution of church. We're watching it. We're part of it. We're shutting down. Um, Yeah it's fascinating to watch and I'm interested to see what happens. There's a major shift happening um, with the institution of church. Um, But I hope people have learned through their experience at Eastlake, their disappointment with Eastlake, Mm -hmm. um, that in the end, it's you, your faith, your spirituality, like you were just talking about your lesson of like the baby on the doorstep too, that I guess that kind of ties in. It's up yeah. to you. Um, So find the things that work for you, find the things that help you. And then leave when those things are no longer helpful, when it's your time to move on, move on with grace and appreciation and an excitement for something new. Yeah. And um, I think back at some, some of the people that, I can think of that did that with Eastlake and I'm so grateful for the example of um, how to be a part of something and then how to move on. I think Ryan taught us that too, of just like, I had the instinct of like, we want to keep people here. And he was always like, no, let people go. Right. Um, Because Eastlake is just a part of the journey. It's something to stop in at and, um, like the revolving door that we've talked about. Yeah. And
1: I think. plus well, you can't control people, right? Like the illusion of like, like, we had to lose control of people, right? I think church facilitated that, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but I'm so thankful that in the end, I have learned. This is my responsibility. There is no yeah. guru teacher. Yeah. Anyone who can do this for me. Um and i i think i will always i'm thankful that i will always be able to look myself in the mirror and to say like i tried my hardest mm. i did my best to create a place that helped people grow in grace and love and i know you did too yeah um, but in the end that's all we can do is try to create these environments but it's up to, to everyone to do their own work. We can't do it for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good a good reminder, a good point. Um I think it's easy in church space. And I would say it was easy for us to do this too. I'm I'm not saying like church attenders do this, but we can outsource a lot of like the thinking like going to a service, like, was this like, I did a thing for my spirituality this week, or like, I did this for God, and God's like, proud of me, or attending or donating, whatever. So there can be kind of this outsourced um, responsibility on the church to facilitate our growth, our, you know, the check boxes. And I think uh, one, like I think we could do that even with Ryan, right? Like I'm not going on my own journey because Ryan is for me. So thanks for doing that and whatever, right? And I can either respond with um, tons of resistance or I can fully embrace. But like regardless, I'm not actually going doing my own work. I'm just letting somebody else be this person on my behalf. And so I I do agree with you, and I think that's a really a really helpful takeaway. Um, to own it, we got to own it. Um,
0: well, especially now as we're like wrapping this thing. Yeah. up. Like it's a, yeah. it's a reminder to me. Um, like I, I'm no longer putting together thoughts for other people. <laughs> right. What am yep. I going to do?
2: Yeah. Now. Yep.
0: And um, it's on me.
2: Yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So last, last two. And then-
1: yeah. I'll do my, my last one. I, ultimately, I think. As I was kind of thinking, like the other one, it kind of fits in under the umbrella of I'm just, just glad I got to experience like this life cycle of Eastlake. Um, mm-hmm. When I joined, like it was I didn't get to start. I didn't get to plant Eastlake. I wasn't a part of the, the very early, early stages, but I joined um, one location. I, I mean, I guess I am even though I didn't get to plant, I am like helping pour the last like little bit of dirt um, <laughs> <at the laughs> funeral on it. Right. Like I'm helping shut it down. Um, But just to be a part of all of the experiences, to like be there on an Easter Sunday with 5,000 people. And I was also like attending a post-COVID event where we're like, like, I'm not sure this has as much legs as we thought maybe it does, right? Um, I got to personally experience like helping lead a community that we did something that we felt was right. And we experienced... Like the backlash of that, like it wasn't popular in that culture at the time, Um, and I think that was probably for the first time in my life where like I was recognizing that Christianity didn't work for me. Like it's like the, I mean that's embarrassing to say, but like as this like straight white male Christian dude who like was living my life, I was like the first time I experienced even like a a tinge of like persecution or venom or backlash. I was like, hey, that doesn't, I don't like that. Um, Doesn't feel good. Yeah, like. (laughs) I didn't feel good, but, like, I got to experience it. And, yeah. like, having experienced it makes, like, it changes you to experience that. Um, I was forced to, and, like, not forced to, but I was in an environment that, like, required or asked me to, um, like, I had to, like, think about what I believed a lot. And Like, you mentioned, like, you're not preparing messages anymore, but, like, being required to prepare messages and, like, have to, like, stand publicly in front of people and say what you think you believe mm-hmm. is a really formational like experience um it's scary it i noticed like now that i don't do it i realize Ooh, i get i was pretty anxious about it and i don't like didn't feel good to admit that because i felt like weakness but um i didn't really enjoy that part of of the gig um but I, I i'm thankful now for like the experience of being required to like really be that thoughtful about my beliefs because i think it could be had i not had to go through that experience i could see myself just kind of floating down the river of whatever I was handed and not being as thoughtful with what I believed. Um so I had to think about it and then I had to say it publicly. And I was thinking about too like not not just that. Like I was a part of like the team during an evangelical phase of East Lake where we're like baptizing people after a message on hell. Like there's like this lit long, long line of mm-hmm. a couple hundred people that got baptized after that talk. And I'm helping baptize those people, right? And I'm like, you know, winning winning them for the kingdom, right? It was a big celebration at the time. And then, like, four years later, I stood on stage and shared my personal experience that I don't think hell is literal any, anymore. I think most of the Jesus' story is metaphorical, and I, I like, had to do both. I, I've done both of those experiences. I've celebrated saving souls from hell, and then years later said, I don't think hell is literal. And, like, that experience is also pretty formational because not only have to stay at what you believe, but I've now said I don't believe things I used to believe out loud in public. and. I think that's a really important thing. I think it's an important skill. Like I want, I want all humans to kind of experience that because I think it creates a little less attachment to your ego. I'm not saying by any means that I don't have an ego. I'm just more aware of like, Ooh, my ego is flaring up right now. Right. It's like, I'm aware of it as opposed to it being like just intrinsically, you know, kind of who I am. I'm like noticing it when I'm getting like my egos acting out. Um, and I feel like it just helped me be a little bit less fragile um, when, and maybe a little less easily offended, um, because I've like admitted i mis- have had to admit mistakes. Um, I've had to apologize a lot because of Eastlake, and I've had to have conversations that I'm like embarrassed of now. Right? I've, I've t- told people, or you know, coached people towards things that I no longer find to be likely in their best interest. And like that, going through that experience has been a humbling one. Um, and I think just the more times you've said, um, I was wrong, the less it hurts every time you say it, right? like, but if you never have gotten that muscle worked out, it feels like a, a major injury the first time you have to say it. Right. So, um, all of those experiences overall, I just feel like, like going back to even some of the pain and hardship and like, you thinking through having gratitude that I've had to apologize, having gratitude that I've had conversations that I regret. Having gratitude that I've said I, like I celebrated souls in the kingdom and then said I don't believe that anymore. I think that just has, that kind of helped me mature a bit. Um, that's how I how I view it. And it's helped me have more clarity on things I do and don't believe and more awareness of um from my ego and how it's contributed to some mistakes in my past. And I just have a lot of gratitude for going through that whole life cycle um, that Eastlake facilitated for me.
0: Yeah, it was a life, it was a life cycle for sure. Yeah. I agree with the being forced to say out loud for someone like me, who lives a lot in my head. That was one of the biggest challenges I had when staff was yeah. having to speak. I remember I did a message where I made people write down what they believe. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. I, had paper, yeah. I had paper passed out and I was like, you guys do this. It's hard. No,
1: this is not my job for you. You were, you were just preaching that message already, right? Like this is on you. How am I supposed to know what you believe? <laughs> well, I think about me when you were saying like that is um, helpful for you. But I was thinking like, from my perspective, I'm, I'm like such a like achiever, want people to think I'm awesome, want to be like, want to feel like I'm I'm everybody's like, like nice guy and I don't want to offend anybody. And so like, nope, I've done all of those things. I have <laughs> not achieved, right? We're, we're like, I have failed i have said things i regret i've said out loud things i no longer hold i have offended people um like all of those things are like oh, soul crushers for me you know what i mean and so having gone through it it's just been like i don't i don't want to go through it again but i'm glad i have the experience at least a little bit
0: <laughs> i feel like i want to i want to have that be one of our cuts. <laughs> that's one of our cuts sure. peter being like i did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna request that Sternkey cut that for for us. Okay, maybe uh, one. Not cut it out, cut it as like a clip to promote this conversation. Um I think my final one that I'm that I'm so thankful for, this was something that Ryan said years and years ago. Um, but the idea that everything is spiritual. When mm-hmm. I first came to East Lake. Spirituality was something that I did. It was. Um, Bible knowledge. Specific prayers. It was saving people. It was going to an experience on Sundays. Um, And there was a separation. I think I would have said. Then. No, this is who I am. Um, but it was. It existed separately for me. Um, and now I do I think spirituality, I th- I do really believe that everything is spiritual now. Spirituality for me is the way I think, the way I parent, mm. the way I wife or however the verb <laughs> the I, the whatever the verb of wife or friend. um spirituality is the way i invest my time the way i care for other people the way i treat strangers the way i approach our environment um all of it is an act of love and appreciation and gratitude for what god has given me this life this um this idea that life is a gift um is itself um, a a spiritual way to look at things and i'm i'm i get overwhelmed i'm like look look at this beautiful life sure it's messy and difficult and hard it's also lovely and full of wonder and awe and i look at eastlake and i'm like eastlake was all of those things too just a reflection of life, the ups and downs, the mistakes, the highs, the lows. And I just have so much gratitude for it all. I'm I'm just so grateful. There, I'm done. Those are my lessons.
1: <laughs> those are good lessons. I love all those lessons. The only other one that I was thinking, I mean, we could probably wrap, right? It's kind of our last little things we want to end with. Yeah. Or do you have any other, other thoughts you want to share? No. Okay.
0: I I'm sure I do. Um, I'm sure we're gonna. I'm gonna hit end recording, and I'm gonna be like, "Dang, I didn't say this or that's that."
1: That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I think a theme of gratitude, right? I think that's obviously why we've been for years now resonating with life as a gift and love is the point, right? Just to, um hopefully, people hear that. as we're even sharing this, it's like gratitude for this chapter, and this season. Um, but I was thinking through too, like just a thank you to everybody who made. He's like, I think he's like, um wasn't created by ryan and wasn't created by us it was this combination of factors right and, and a season and it had its, it was like a living organism right we talked about how it, and it changed a lot right and it had a life life you know death bureau all those things um that living things do have um but i just hope people hear a resounding gratitude from me from us that like thank you for how it contributed to my life um, i am a different human being than i was in 2011 when i joined and i have so much gratitude for how Eastlake like shaped and changed me as a result of being on the team um i don't have like a, a, a perspective on Eastlake like that it was perfect and that we were we nailed it in every single way but i do have the perspective <laughs> of gratitude for what what it was um i think i've shared this before but like i i do honestly feel like Eastlake like provided a form of salvation for me i i didn't feel like i I came to Eastlake assuming I knew what that was. I, I hear I just felt tons of gratitude for everybody who helped create Eastlake. I don't think think East Lake was created by Ryan. I know he certainly didn't want to be just this known as a, like a figurehead leader that was in charge or uh, um, by himself leading this place by you know by as an individual. I don't think I don't take full responsibility for what Eastlake was from my behalf on or on our behalf. We were part of a leadership team uh, for a chapter, not even for like all of it by any means, right. For like a window of it. Um, but, but I, one of the things that stands out to me, um, and why I feel so grateful for what Eastlake's done in my life is I, I honestly feel like I experienced like a form of salvation by being a part of Eastlake. I came to Eastlake trying to save people who weren't Christian. And it feels like I got saved from uh, a worldview that was really infused with fear, um, I'm leaving feeling like I was one of the people that got saved as a result. Like I once was lost, but now I'm fine. Like this level of like light bulb going on in my life. I never experienced that before. I like, I've never experienced something like I experienced at Eastlake, which which feels kind of like getting saved. I think, um, like I could have passed down a, a shame inducing worldview, um, with in groups and out groups and. You know, fundamentalist believe like me or else God's going to potentially kill you, torture you in the next life, depending on how you think. Um, I could have kept, kept that train of rolling. And I feel like he's like, set me free to just love and to love wastefully and generously without fear of, um, like doing it wrong. So I, I was kind of, I, I thought I was loving before and I feel like oh, I I didn't quite understand what that looked like until I got to experience what Eastlake did. And so I just hope for everybody listening that you hear tons of gratitude from me, like everybody who donated, for everybody who served, for everybody who um, went on this journey, right? All of us have gone on this journey and some of it, for some people it was a shorter journey, for others it was a longer journey. Um, But like the the living organism that was Eastlake wasn't created because of you and I and Ryan or like a handful of people. It was created because there's this entire community that was building it together. And so, like, my life is drastically different as a result. And um, I just have so much great gratitude for that. So, I hope people hear. But um, I love, I've loved this chapter. I'm proud of it. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud that I've been a part of this team. Um, I think of Eastlake a little bit like some of like the art I've done. I've done like some watercolor paintings. Or I think of my kids like drawing, you know, we do little art stuff. And, and is it like the greatest ever? Is it like the Sistine Chapel? No, no, not at all. It's not mm-hmm. close. but I'm proud of it. Cause like we worked our asses off, we did our best and we grew a ton and I feel like we loved well. Um, and the personal growth is something that I wouldn't trade for anything. So I'm very proud to have been a part of this team. Me too
0: yeah I'm so proud of of what we did. Um, yeah, there's things i would I would do differently. Um, but those situations also made me who I am today. so, yeah. and there is no going back. Um, I think too um, I use this analogy the other day of like I feel like I'm standing in this big room maybe in my mind it's not Montevilla <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm standing in this big warehouse and I'm just like sweeping up
2: and right.
0: doing the final things to to like shut this thing down to lay it to rest and Again, I feel like I'm just standing there with I picture myself, I'm just in this empty, really large room, just standing there looking around, being like, oh, I'm so thankful. And as I kind of like sweep and sweep <laughs> and put the final things in the trash and turn out the lights. Um I'm full of gratitude. And I also recognize I'm not alone because You're there, too. Yeah. And I'm not sure this is the place, but Peter, I'm so thankful for you. There's no one else who's been, like, a part of everything that I've seen and experienced. um, Except you and Andy and Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um there's probably other times for this, but thank you for being such a good friend. Um, And for doing this, like just linking arms and seeing what it could be for 13 years, you know, there was a lot of like, what can this be? And that's a beautiful thing to do with other people. And I'm really thankful for you
1: thanks for saying that i feel the same way Like i said, thank you to this everybody but you're you're very high on the list Kristen, of people who've gone on the journey like thanks for being willing to go um on this journey together thanks for trying so hard like thinking so much of like thinking so much about east lake for so long um i i don't think anyone has thought as much about east like in the last couple of years as so. us and just all of that work um is so appreciated and even more than that like i know that if i didn't like you um and if we didn't have our own friendship that this would have been wrapped a long time ago so i'm just so thankful for um the friendship that i got um as a result of all this work um i love you i appreciate your friendship i appreciate all your investment in and he's like what a crazy ride
0: it was a crazy ride <laughs> And like I feel like it was the crazy ride and we had like our hands in the air and taking every turn and climbing up these like it's like a roller coaster we're climbing up these things like oh my gosh, quick, 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 quick. what's gonna happen? And I feel like we're just we're lifting the bar and stepping out. Yeah and it's been a good ride and I would do it all again.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so but it's time to be done for now. Thanks to East Lake. Everything that East Lake has been. Um, it's been beautiful.
1: It's been beautiful. Thanks for this time. I appreciate your reflections. I'm glad we got to do this. And for anybody listening, thanks for all that you've done to help. Thank you for making East Lake what it, what it is, what it was. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com/donate